Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey everybody, welcome back to B2B Made Simple. My special guest joining me on the podcast today, Ben Goldstein. He's the VP of Marketing at Nutshell. Ben, wonderful to have you on the show today. Thanks so much, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Hey, to kick this off, I do like to ask some fun questions. So to mix it up, um, if you had to choose between uh, coffee and tea for the rest of your life, whether that's a cold tea, um, like Gold Peak or Raspberry Peach, whatever you like, if you had to choose or hot tea, between coffee and tea, which one would it be? Uh, I'm going coffee all day long. Coffee. The sweeter, okay. the better. The, the more weird flavors in it, the better. Give me that Italian sweet cream. Give me the hazelnut. Uh, give me the mounds flavored stuff. I'm dumping it in the coffee, but I, I'll take coffee. You sound coffee similar to it. how my wife approaches her coffee. It's like, <laughs> if she can taste the coffee, then it's not good enough is what she says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. Your wife and I sound like soulmates. No <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, let's kick this off. Um, we're going to be talking about revenue and content marketing today, how they tie together, how to track them. And the, the first question I have for you is companies do believe that it's hard to measure the impact that content marketing has, especially in revenue terms, right? So why do you believe it's actually not hard to measure the revenue impact of content marketing? Maybe hard is like, well, you we could put that in quotes, mm-hmm. but um, enlighten us on that. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is because it's not hard to measure the revenue impact of any lead source, mm-hmm. generally speaking. I mean, some of us are lucky enough to have our sales software wired up to crunch these numbers for us. Mm-hmm. But just to get a rough estimate of the value of any lead channel over a certain period of time, the, the, the formula is the same. You know, whether it's Google ads or affiliate program, content marketing, you need three numbers. You take the number of leads mm-hmm. generated from that source over a period of time, the average close rate of leads from that source and the average lifetime value of leads from that source. You multiply those three numbers together and you will get a nice ballpark figure of how much total revenue that lead source originated in that time frame. So if you're a content marketer, you know, hopefully you have access to your company's CRM or sales analytics platform. You can dig up some of these win rate stats, these lifetime value stats for your non-paid organic leads. But where a lot of marketers struggle is with that first input in the equation. Like they don't know how many leads their content marketing program is generating to begin with. They don't have the process or the software tooling that you need to actually measure that, mm-hmm. uh, which is a problem because if you spend a good chunk of your workday uh, creating and publishing and promoting marketing content, eventually you will need to prove out the impact of what you're doing. So go through those again. Uh, you had three there. I, I wrote down number of leads. What was mm-hmm. the second thing for this foundational uh, like check-in, if you will? Close rate of leads. Close so rate. you take the num- number of leads times the close rate of those leads will give you the number of customers you acquire over that period. Now right. you multiply the number of customers you acquire times the lifetime value to get this total estimate of, of revenue that is originated from that lead source over a period of time. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, so how do you measure your content? Because there are, there, are def, there are definitely different definitions of content marketing, and I think they're all right. So one could be blog posts, right? I think that that would be a little bit easier to track because they're on a website. You can kind of get uh, the, the pixel, whatever it is that you're doing, right? You can see on Google, in Google Analytics, they're there. Yep. But let's say we're doing a content marketing strategy on LinkedIn or um, 
I mean, Facebook's a little bit, let's say organic, right? Is that something you can measure as well? Is that what you're referring to? Or is it mostly like the blog uh, content side of things? So uh, my specialty is in, in on-page marketing mm-hmm. content. So, mm-hmm. so, so essentially it's the magnet that draws people in yeah. and we're trying to estimate the value of that magnet. One of the key things I measure at nutshell has always been sales leads that originated from entrances to content pages, primarily our blog. So th- through the team SEO efforts, over 50,000 people every month discover our brand for the very first time mm-hmm. through by searching some long tail phrase related to sales and marketing and landing on one of our blog pages. Mm-hmm. A couple of hundred of those folks will start free trials of our software or sign up for a product demo. And so those are sales leads that can be 100% attributed to content marketing mm-hmm. within our own dot-com site. They literally would have not have discovered our brand uh, if not for for our blog content or other content efforts. So we also, you know, talk about measurement, things like that. We also have mm-hmm. internal tooling at Nutshell that shows us all the leads that close after touching a blog page at any point in their prospect journey mm-hmm. and the resulting value of those closed leads. And that's a huge number. And it's not something I talk about as much because it almost feels like cheating to talk about it. But like a person could certainly say, oh, our blog contributed to these hundreds of thousands of dollars of lifetime value over this time period because the prospect saw and interacted with that piece of content during their, their journey from total stranger to customer, right? And, and that, that can be an impressive figure to throw around in meetings. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the other side of this coin is like, you know, these are all ways to tie content marketing to acquisition outcomes. And, and sometimes I have to check myself because I don't think marketers should be spending all their time on acquisition, like don't ignore your existing customers as well, all the impact you can have on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for example, over, over the past year or so, we started putting a bit more intentional effort into product marketing. Uh, we have a product marketing specialist on our team for the first time in years. And the primary goal of her efforts in email content, blog content is not to generate leads. It's to encourage our existing customers to use the product, uh, become more engaged with the product and convince existing nutshell customers to fully adopt the software they're paying for. And, and that creates more satisfied and stable customer accounts that reduces churn, that increases lifetime value, that drives revenue growth. So there are a lot of ways to impact your company's bottom line as a marketing team or as a content creator, you know, new leads and new sales aren't, you know, the be all end all. Mm-hmm. Um, walk us through your tech stack. So what are some uh, of the software that you use? If you're allowed to say, I don't know if it's like a non-proprietary thing, um, but what are some of the tools that you use when it comes to tracking what, who's on the website and really that attribution to revenue? Yeah. I mean, a huge one is, is Google analytics, honestly, like, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we, we draw in a, a, a visitor through any piece of content. Uh, they fill out a, a sign-up form, of course. Um, and, and then what's important, you know, I, I'm not sure it seems simple to me, but it might not be simple to everyone. But like once a visitor actually does visit, uh, fill out their information on mm-hmm. the sign-up page or, or a sidebar form on our blog, they land on a confirmation page. Mm-hmm. That confirmation page is set as a goal URL in our Google Analytics account. So Google is keeping track of how many times that confirmation page is landed on what the original entrance URL was for folks who got to that page. So we're able to see how many times a visitor entered our site through a specific blog article, mm-hmm. and, and then you know who ultimately signed up for a trial on that visit. Um, you know, we're we're a we're a SaaS company. We're lucky enough to be a sales and marketing platform, yeah. so we have a lot of information that that our actual software provides. And then mm-hmm. stuff just you know our own engineers have been clever enough to wire up. And I was sort of alluding that to that before. Just we have an internal field in our nutshell instance that just shows you every page. 
nice. uh, a customer landed on. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we use so 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 like if you're looking if you're thinking about like leads per source and and what's close, we use Nutshell for that. Mm-hmm. Like not not to throw in an, a plug for ourselves. No, it makes sense. I mean, if it's a good uh, a good p- a tool to use, then why not? <laughs> yeah, and and just uh you know a note on. You know, going back to the, the Google Analytics stuff and the goal URLs and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, we're, we're a SaaS company. So starting a free trial of our software is the most direct and easily measurable way that a visitor becomes mm-hmm. a lead or how we define it. A free trial, we want to funnel everybody uh, there who's actually interested in our product. But but anybody listening to this can fu- can use that same trick of, of, this, of the, the goal URL with however you define a lead at your company. You know, maybe the visitor has to fill out a contact sales form. Maybe you want them to sign up for a live product demo. You know, whatever it is, uh, the, the visitor needs to su- submit their information on a page and then land on a secondary page that's tracked as a goal uh, in Google Analytics. Because once you do that, you can see what page brought that lead to your site in the first place. And that's how you figure out which content pages are your biggest lead generators. Mm-hmm. You had said before that a lot of times they'll come right to the blog, they'll book a demo, um, or they'll reach out in some form. Is that the majority of people that are coming to your blogs or do you see they come once two weeks down the road, they remember you because of the piece of content and then they reach out or they come back for a second piece of content. What have you found, uh, you know, that routine to be? Yeah, well, it's not the first thing where, so, so the, the pathway, which is the most dramatic and, mm-hmm. and the one that sort of it fires me up as much as people just finding us through blog pages and then signing up for a trial on that visit. Mm-hmm. But that that happens a quarter of a percentage point with our visits, which is not nothing, by the way. Mm-hmm. But but it, that's not the uh, the the key uh, method of of lead generation. Mm-hmm. Usually, they'll visit a few pages, eh, they'll leave, they'll come back, they'll look up nutshell.com, they'll enter through our homepage, they'll check mm-hmm. out the pricing page, the features pages, the the visit, the landing on the content, the engagement with the content can happen anytime. Uh, within that within that flow, you know, that journey that a, a site visitor goes to becoming a customer, it's just that it is one of the dr- most dramatic metrics you can report into. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're saying like this is in a very literal sense, this content program is generating these leads that generated this much revenue over this period of time. Mm-hmm. What about the follow up? So, do you guys follow them around with more? middle of funnel content that continues to keep you top of mind, maybe in social channels. Um, what does that look like? Uh, yeah, in, in terms of we have a re- pretty robust email marketing program, as mm-hmm. we should, we are now an email pro- uh, marketing provider. Um, but when you download a piece of content, when you sign up for a trial, when you sign up for a live demo, well, now you're in our, our marketing mm-hmm. database and we will do our very best to associate our brand with expertise uh, with, with, uh, positioning our solution as, as the right solution for you. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that, uh, that could be anything from our sell to win newsletter where we're sharing our very best blog content, the one, the, the articles that are the most helpful and things like product announcements and, you know, emails where we're hyping up our own customers and things, the things they're able to accomplish. Um, it's, it's certainly not gimme, gimme, gimme. We're always, you know, obviously you have to give more than you take when it comes to email marketing, but we think we're, we're giving a pretty good mix of, of keeping on our subscribers, radars our visitors, radars, always leading with value. Mm-hmm. And then once in a while, uh, just saying, you know, by the way, this, this tool nutshell, the sales and marketing platform can solve a lot of the problems you're, you're probably struggling with. So give us yeah. a try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so we we've covered like the the quantitative data side of things. Um, does qualitative data ever come into play for you? Just knowing 
a gut feeling of maybe this piece resonated, even though you couldn't track everything. Um, it sounds like you do a great job of tracking the numbers, but does qualitative ever come into play for you? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, yes, it comes into play with in the sense that stories are, are generally more interesting to people than numbers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, marketers should constantly be telling stories to the rest of their organization that, you know, conveys the impact of their work in terms that, you know, anyone can understand. So, you know, if you send out a blog newsletter and one of your biggest customers replies and says, thanks so much for this, you know, this article is exactly what my team needed to solve our challenge or a new user messages your sales team and, and they say, hey, I was considering your solution against two of your competitors, but what won me over was like, you know, the personality of your YouTube videos. You seem like real people I can relate to, or, you know, so a big influence your industry, uh, you know, name checks your brand after they attended one of your virtual conferences. I mean, those are wins that you have to share not just externally, but internally, like on Slack, whenever they happen, mm -hmm. because that stuff usually does a better job of illustrating the impact of your work than, you know, hey, our content program brought down CPL by 11%. We saw 46% increase at homepage entrances year over year. Like that stuff is interesting to marketers, I think, mm -hmm. but it might not be interesting to the, you know, the engineering or support teams at your company or your boss, right. Frank, frankly. Yeah. So when it comes to your boss or the C-suite, um, is, are you going to them with some of this qualitative, some screenshots you're getting from email uh, uh, responses or what people are saying on social media? Is that stuff you show or do you stick to the numbers? Oh, no, I, we show that stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I know not every, every organization is kind of set up the same way, but you yeah. know, we, we have a small team who supports each other and we're, we're constantly sharing our wins. It's, gosh, especially now, you know, in the COVID era, mm -hmm. when you're not seeing people face to face you know, hyping each other up on, on Slack, which is our, our own personal like tool of choice, but it could be email, it could be Microsoft Teams, whatever you use, like that's necessary to just keep the excitement and the enthusiasm level going on at an organization. And, you know, so, some of us are introverts and we don't feel as comfortable doing that, but you kind of have to get in the habit of it, no matter what team you're on, on an organization. Uh, this is something I, I worked hard on and I accomplished this and here's how it moved the needle. This is something mm -hmm. one of my team members did. And aren't we proud of, of him or her? Uh, it, it has to be like, this is part of your job as, as a marketer, especially like we want to tell the story of, of not just the company's success, but just the team's success, because otherwise they just think you're the arts and crafts department. Mm -hmm. You know, something I think that marketers overthink, I don't know why, is they put a piece of content out there and assume that their buyer can get from point A to point B, um, which could be the case. So that you, they put a piece of content out and they assume that it's going to build uh, you know, brand affinity, which it can. But then they also assume that the buyer will be able to reach out and book a demo, but they don't make the path for that to happen. And I see actually this a lot in LinkedIn, maybe not so much in uh, like the on-page uh, uh, blog posts and stuff like that, but in a tactful way, how would you lay out the path um, that someone should become a customer? Are you putting something on every single post, uh, your blog post? I mean, we're not really talking about uh, organic social, but even mm -hmm. if in that case, should that be um, something that we explore? Yeah, I mean, I guess the short version is like, you should always be having these arrows point, mm -hmm. pointing your visitor to where you want them to go. So and we talked about goal URLs already, but just like, let's start higher up in the funnel. I'll take you what this actually looks like. Mm -hmm. And when we do it in a nutshell, but like, Let's say there's a head of sales at a small business wants an integrated sales and marketing platform. Uh, they, they Google best sales and marketing software and they see a nutshell blog post at the number one spot because our content team puts a ton of effort into these sort of like mm -hmm. software reviews, software comparison posts. 
uh, not to pat ourselves on the back too hard. But, so the visitor will enter our site through that post. They start learning about us. Obviously, we talk about ourselves in an article about the best sales and marketing mm -hmm. software platforms. And, and maybe they want to try uh, Nutshell for themselves. So here, here's what it looked like. And you, you can follow along on nutshell.com if you want to. There is an orange button in the top right corner of every page on our website that, starts, that says start free trial. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that, that persists as you scroll down a page. The visitor can click on that. If they like, they can go to our sign up page to fill out their information and start a trial. But when we're talking about blog pages specifically, there's a sidebar form on every blog page. And as you scroll mm -hmm. down, you still see it. It's over there on the right. It says ready to try Nutshell for free. You can, you can fill out your information and start a trial that way. We have inline CTAs scattered throughout our blog pages. Some of them push content resources, but some of them you know, directly push for the free trial of our software. The visitor clicks on a CTA like that, they get linked to our signup page. And, and, then, and then we go through that flow of, of the confirmation page and the goal URLs, et cetera. But the, the major takeaway is, is that we are pointing visitors in the direction of our free trial from multiple pathways, multiple spots on blog pages. You can't miss it. No matter where you are, you can't miss it. And I think that's important. I think that's super important because you can see blog posts out there on the internet, whether it's SaaS or really any other industry. And the assumption is, oh, the buyer will go to the website that the blog originated on. And I, I have been guilty of that before, just thinking, oh, they'll find it. Like, I don't want to be too pushy, but people need a clear path and you need to ask them for their business multiple times over before it actually resonates with them. It's the same thing with a call to action on a homepage of a website. You don't put it once, mm -hmm. you repeat it down the page and it's not a pushy thing. It's like, hey, this is here when you're ready, always at your fingertips to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's almost a shame that a content team could create a great piece of content that is specifically about software compared to some mid-funnel piece of content best you know, CRM and email marketing for QuickBooks users, mm -hmm. and, and then give, give, give a visitor a genuinely helpful educational list <laughs> and not leave them with like, hey, by the way, this, yeah. this website you're on offers that sort of thing and you should try mm -hmm. us first. So yeah, I mean, gosh, don't be too shy to, to ask, hey, why don't you give us, give us a try? Give us a shot. I we sell this thing too. Marketers go 90% of the way with what they're supposed to do and then overthink or whiff <laughs> on the most simple fundamentals out there. I see it all the time. It's wild. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So something that I was thinking is you kept mentioning that you have a free trial. Mm -hmm. It's, it pops up on the side of the web on the, the blog post. Do you think that product like growth, and this is, can be a whole nother conversation for another day, but yeah. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Do you think that because you guys are um, using a product like growth model, it has driven a lot more um, signups from your blogs because it's so easy. Uh, uh, that's a good question. And unfortunately, I've not been on the other side of the, the equation uh, working for a company that doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. But I think the sort of general universal truth is that you know, a, a lead is, is, is a person that's expressed interest mm -hmm. in your product. And having them start a trial, that's, that's like I said before, it's an easily measurable way to do that. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're not, look, there's, I'm sure a diverse range of marketers are listening to this. It's not just, you know, SaaS software company heads of marketing, whatever you sell, you have to push something that offers interest in our product or service. You know, I, I mentioned before, is it contact sales? Mm -hmm. Is it attended demo? Is it ask for pricing? Um, the, all these things in, in the modern age requires that visitor to sign up a form 
and then getting getting our, our lead system somehow. And so <laughs> maybe I, I do live a bit of a charmed life uh, working for a company that offers a free trial. But again, the process is the same no matter what you're selling. And certainly in the B2B space and you have a decent website, you still want to push someone to a user action that, that sort of separates just the visitors from people who actually want to talk to your sales team. Mm-hmm. It is still a friction point that they have to get through, whether it is book a demo, talk to sales, get pricing, sign up for a free trial. In a way, that's a demo in itself. Um, and it's still a friction point that they have to get through. So yes, they're qualifying themselves, which is to your point, you're exactly right. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, Next question I have for you is we had talked previously and you had mentioned that we should put less of a focus on traffic to our website, the visits and the page views. Um, Can you expound on why that's important? Or maybe if I I misquoted you on that, I'd be curious (laughs) to hear your thoughts there. No, I think I was, I was really on one the first time I talked to you before Sam, because I was like, Every metric that's not revenue growth is a vanity metric. And maybe I was just in a bad mood, but like I, 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 have, I do half feel that way. Um, you know, just because traffic and page views have no cash value. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that has cash value is the leads that the traffic is generating. So, you know, I can tell you that your boss or the CEO of your company do not care about page views or social media impressions. They care about mm-hmm. revenue growth. Maybe they care about press mentions and, and that's pretty much it. So, you know, my, my message to the marketers is just please measure what matters, report on what matters, which is the revenue impact of your marketing efforts. You should be able to track anything you do in some way. And, you know, one, one major epiphany I've had recently is that marketing is the only department at an organization that is judged by the success of another department, which is the sales team. So, so the biggest marker of my success in my role as VP of marketing is the ability of our sales team to close deals and drive new revenue. Uh, if they're not doing that, if they can't do that because I'm not getting them good leads at a good volume, believe me, it does not matter how many page views we're generating. And what you're not saying is that they're not important and that you shouldn't look at them or strive to have more page views. But at the end of the day, you're looking for business metrics and so is your boss or the C-suite right. or the board. And they want to know the revenue impact. Yes, the page views and the traffic add up to that, but that's not what they're looking for. So you have to shift your mindset into that revenue mindset, right? Yeah. Revenue growth is the shared goal that every single person and organization has. I want to drill that into people's heads because like sometimes people get too siloed and they're, they're measuring to their own set of goals and Mm -hmm. every department has their own set of goals. Different people in the same department have their own set of goals and they could all be nailing that list without, without the company's fortunes increasing one iota. So certainly for heads of marketing, uh, we have to be thinking revenue growth is what matters here. That's, that's like the, the key marker of success at a company. So things like p- traffic, page views, visits, social media audience, that will it'll help you get to a place that expands, you know, the width of your net. But please, you know, you should be focusing on actions that drive that revenue growth uh, mm-hmm. instead of just driving the growth of page views. Because anything like that could be juked. Mm-hmm. When I think of blog content and just, discovering a, a company on Google, period. It just seems so, so saturated. Um, obviously, you guys have had success, but do you think that you would have more success going after something that maybe is sort of new to the marketing world? Like a podcast isn't really new, but in comparison, like there's a lot less podcasts than there are blogs, or there's a lot less companies executing on LinkedIn than there are companies doing blogs. So like, what was the mindset for going so hard Um in Google really more than anything. 
Yeah. You mean in terms of, of like uh, content marketing itself as yeah. a strategy? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, the short answer is because that's what I know and what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I, I've had a, you know, a 10 year career before I ever got to this company of, of building up blog properties, mm-hmm. building up social media audiences as a blogger and entertainment journalist, uh, as in previous content marketing jobs. And I, I won't say like I, I figured it out because nobody really figures it out, but, but I realized a few of the key elements independently, which is mm-hmm. like, if, if you create content that, that is for the reader and not for Yoast mm-hmm. and not for, you know, so to check off some SEO checklist, if you create content that's genuinely entertaining and educational and inspiring, and you, and you can write it well, I'm a writer by, by trade. Well, it, it seems that success tends to follow. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I come from a, a pure writing background rather than a marketing background, because I think mm-hmm. if it was the other way around, I might get too focused on things like SEO best practices. And I might think, you know, I might think that the, the lights on Yoast mean anything. Uh, and uh, and I'm, I might be overly focused on the pathways mm-hmm. uh, from visit to lead rather than giving the reader what they want when they clicked on the article. That's job one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to, to go back to your, your original point, um, you know, Nutshell hired me because I had a history of success doing these things. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, you know, turn our content program to our most efficient lead source mm-hmm. and occasionally our best lead source by volume. Um, so, so, you know, I think what I have to learn, you know, I, I just became VP of marketing back in May is to make sure I'm just not always leaning on the same bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, over the last year, I've, I've gotten my head wrapped around to a greater extent to things like PPC. Uh, we're, we're building an aff- affiliate program in-house formally for the first time in a long time. Uh, thanks to our, our head of operations, Andy J. Uh, shout out to Andy Jensen. Uh, but but I, I think, uh, yeah, like what, you, what, you, what you do well will get you in the door. Um, but ultimately if you, if you plan to change the fortunes of your company, you have to branch out a little more, which, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary sometimes, but that's where I'm at now. We're all yeah. going through our little crisis of confidence. That's, that's where I'm at right now, Sam Moss. The, the thing is though, I would argue that you should execute something well before stacking growth. And I think that it, that's something that you guys have done really well is you guys have honed into one thing and gone all in, whether people say it's saturated or not, obviously you've had success there. The problem that I would foresee happening is you work on the blog for two months and yes, there's traction, but then you get distracted with the podcast or you get distracted with an organic social um, experiment or PPC. And then you try doing all four or all five of those things at one time. Yeah. Then it all flops. So I think actually the way that you guys have approached it is really good. And now you guys are going to go to the next thing and do that really well, because you're going to build a really good team. Um, it sounds like you have great people already working for you and you're just going to continue to go up from there. I don't think you can launch multiple campaigns or multiple channels at once <laughs> and have any sort of success with them. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a gigantic team mm-hmm. where you have sub teams to kind of, Oh, this is the podcast team. And this is the other channel team, et cetera. Like, yeah, I guess you, you could say the key to the success uh, for us specifically is, is to just work on it, work on our content program until it starts working and is almost self-sustaining to some degree mm-hmm. before you bring in these other channels and before you put more intentional effort into other channels. And, and then, but, but also certainly like, don't, we're talking about content marketing, don't, don't give up on it too quickly. It took us yeah. a year to get, get any sort of traction where, uh, you know, the needle was sort of moving up to the right every month uh, in terms of traffic and lead generation. I mean, gosh, you need patience to stick with this game, but, but mm-hmm. it really does pay off because, 
these are these are very cheap leads and and usually they're, they're very good because it's 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 folks who who want to learn and they they're they're willing to do their own research mm -hmm. yeah you guys are on the right track for sure and it for us i think that one of the way the one of the places that we went in a hundred percent was on linkedin organic mm -hmm. and you don't see us out trying to do what you're doing right down the road. Will we do that? Maybe like we just recently, like we're working on it right now, a YouTube channel. I think wow. every company probably has a YouTube channel, right? But it's <laughs> not, it would have taken so much of our time and sucked so much of our efforts that it would have um, hindered what we were doing and what we were focusing on in LinkedIn. And like you said, it's kind of gotten to the place where we built an audience and it's starting to become self-sustaining. Not that we should not focus on anymore, but we can start to shift and stack the growth into something that is going to, um, you know, continue to grow. Yeah. And I, I will say just to speak to that. Yes. Like every company does have a YouTube channel. Every company does have <laughs> social channels and it's just, you know, but what are you actually committed to influencing? What, mm -hmm. what are you committed to leveraging? And you want to go go all in on your YouTube channel. That's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but too often, like you see marketing teams saying, well, we have to have all these things. We have to have YouTube. We have to have yeah. a blog. We have to social, we have to have PPC. And they're kind of like barely managing all of them. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I know, you know, a lot of my peers in the space also come from teams where they feel like they don't have enough, you know, resources on deck. They don't have enough people on board. And the, the first thing I always tell them is like, what, what do you want to stop doing? Mm -hmm. What, what is not paying off? And then, and then kind of pull back on that and, and put more resources into what is paying off and what you are convinced will pay off in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think we're definitely aligned on that, man. Yeah. Um, Cool. So let's shift gears here. I want to give you the opportunity. You said you've done some podcast stuff before. Uh, so I do this on every, on every episode. We started this a little while back where I hand you the mic and you can shoot some questions my way to kind of mix things up if you're interested in it. So does anything come to mind for you? Yeah. And let me just preface this by saying, I don't think I ever mentioned this to you, Sam, but for about a year and a half, I was the host of a podcast. Oh, look at that. So I, you're, I this is a natural of a mixed martial arts podcast that I had for uh, awesome. know, my previous website. And I never uh, recorded like, gosh, at least 25 episodes, maybe even more than that. I didn't listen to a single one because just because I hate hearing the sound of my voice. <laughs> it's something I need to get, get over. So I'm gonna definitely gonna listen to this podcast after it's done. But thank you for this opportunity, Sam. I do have some questions for you today. Cool, uh, cool. And <laughs> they're all about me and, and my business. I hope you can help. <laughs> um, and the, the first question is, um, you know, Nutshell operates in a very competitive sales and marketing space. And, mm -hmm. and we know, everybody knows that brand is a differentiator. What do you think are the most effective investments that B2B businesses can make to increase the prominence of their brand, make their brand more famous? And, and what's the best way to measure the impact of those efforts? That's a good question. So when it comes to brand, the more you give away, the more people will remember you. So when I'm thinking for us, our content strategy is through LinkedIn. So we are making deposits into our ideal customers every single day, right? So we're creating educational, helpful, and not all the time, but maybe we'll mix in entertaining content. So if you can hit one of those three pillars and then do that with no strings attached, then people are going to start remember you, remembering you and they're going to build an affinity toward your brand, right? So for us, we are putting out educational content for marketers. We have this podcast interviewing their peers, Ben on the show, right? Dropping more educational content for them. They're going to remember us. We are going to help them get from point A to point B. And it's not this, we're going to help them with this tiny little thing. We're helping them with their career. 
So if we are delivering on the content, they are going to remember us. We don't have to put an ad in our podcast. We don't have to tell people what we do at the end. Like, Hey, by the way, we do X, right? They're going to figure it out if they're interested because of the deposit that we've given them. So I think just giving away content that's valuable for your ideal buyers is the best thing you can do when it comes to building a brand. Excellent. I have a, a related question, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing I want to boost over the next year at Nutshell is, is press mentions. So, mm-hmm. so how do you do PR on a budget? Like, we don't know if this is important enough for us to actually bring on a third party uh, PR agency. You know, we'll test the waters uh, with the team we have, but, you know, how do you convince reporters that your brand is, is the hot new thing, even when you've been around for 10 years? I don't, I don't know if I'm the best at this by any means. Um, I would say, so PR for us would be getting invited on a podcast or being written up in a blog. And I think that that just comes from consistently delivering value and building an audience somewhere, which in your case, you guys are actually doing that. Um, so I would think that that would naturally come. Um, and I, one way that I've found um, companies do this or individuals, they'll just, they'll ask some of their peers like, Hey, would I be a good fit for your podcast? And I, I personally don't do that. Um, it's not really my thing, but I have heard it working if you, you have the relationship with a person. So that's sort of that self-generated PR. Um, as for like the press agent agency, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure how that would work. I'm not sure if I have the best insight on it, but I think if you're consistently delivering value in the channels that you are um, sold out on, you're going to start to get noticed as this, thought leadership voice. Um, you can see it happening with Chris Walker, with Dave Gearhart. They don't ask to be anywhere, but they're getting this recognition because of what they've been delivering for the past two year, two plus years. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Well, that's all I have for you, Sam. <laughs> Where can people find you? <laughs> awesome, man. Um, well, they can find me on this podcast. So if you like it, continue to listen. But um, Ben, I appreciate you being here. Uh, great job being the Thank podcast you. host. That's very interesting being a so mixed martial arts, you said, right? That's right. That's awesome. I will not break into your house ever because I'll probably die. So (laughs) (laughs) you can break into my house. (laughs) Well, Ben, uh, to close us out, you've been talking a little bit about nutshell throughout Mm -hmm. the interview. Uh, So we want to hear like, what do you guys actually do? Give us like the quick rundown of nutshell. Okay. Elevator pitch time. So uh, nutshell is an all-in-one CRM and email marketing platform for businesses that are tired of juggling separate sales and marketing tools and don't want to pay a full-time admin to manage their software. Uh, It's fully featured, it's extremely affordable, and we offer the best support experience in the sales and marketing software space, hands down. Awesome. Quick and punchy and to the point. I like it. Thanks. (laughs) Been working on it. Yeah. Nice job, man. All right, Ben. Well, thanks so much for joining me here on the show. Uh, Great talk. And it's exciting to hear what you guys are doing. So uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks for having me on.